Hi, it's Daniel. I'm sharing the first episode of a new podcast Shortman Studios is launching. The show is called The Big Tech Ticket. It features interviews with executives, decision makers, academics, and experts in the field of technology. The show is hosted by James Rogers, a longtime journalist in technology and business. I think will be of interest for many of the Razor's Edge listeners, as the range of topics will be similar to what you hear from me and Akram, but from a different angle. We'll be talking AI, semiconductor supply chain, antitrust, and all the big issues facing tech in our society today, from the perspective of people with a front row seat to the story. The initial episode features James speaking with Jason Malika, professor of communications at American University, about Facebook's oversight board and its awaited decision on whether or not to let Donald Trump back onto the platform. The show was recorded a few weeks ago, and with the decision expected to come out today, this discussion is timely. So, without further ado, check out this episode of The Big Tech Ticket and sign up for the show wherever you get podcasts to get new episodes every Wednesday. Hello, I'm James Rogers, and this is The Big Tech Ticket Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Facebook and Donald Trump. Earlier this year, Trump was suspended indefinitely from Facebook and Instagram, but there's a twist. We might see him back. That's dependent on a decision that Facebook's oversight board is going to make. Now, talking about this with us today is Jason Mollica, social media expert and professor in the School of Communication at American University. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to be here, James. Thanks again for uh, having me. I appreciate it. Ah, it's great to see you. So, Tell us a little bit about this process, kind of you in the wake of the Capitol riots, Trump gets kicked off Facebook and Instagram. Obviously, there was a lot of social media stuff happening at that time. There was a lot of this type of story. Now, there's a possibility we might see him back or not. Can, can you tell us a little bit about this? Sure. Well, I mean, obviously, it, it, this, Donald Trump has used social media very effectively or had used it very effectively leading up to his election as president in 2016 and all through his time as president. And then even obviously after the election, when it was clear that you know now President Biden had won, he made it abundantly clear he was going to use this as a way to sort of disrupt the system. If he was going to go down, he was going to go down in a way that would show that he wasn't, he was never going to go down without a fight. And this continued and, and social media was his mouthpiece. He has he has used it, and I say effectively not to make you know, not to glorify anything, but it just from a standpoint of making people aware of what your position is, making sure people are aware, especially your supporters, what you're what you think. That's how he was able to use it effectively, and it's this has been studied obviously since 2016, but now in the wake of everything that happened on January the sixth, this was just sort of like the straw that broke the camel's back. Everyone was just like, we cannot, we can't have this any longer. That's it. You're banned from here. You're banned here. We're not going to allow you on. And then with Facebook, you know, they sort of followed the lead of Twitter and everyone else that decided to yank him from these social networks. But with Facebook, it's now more of a, it's now in the kind of will be in the hands of their oversight board, which to some it's more, you know, it's it's a glorified club. Other people feel like it's actually does some, you know, will hope have some good. It was created, obviously. It was set up in 2020 to review content from moderation decisions. 
And I think that's something where when it comes to the former president, he has a lot to win here if he's back on. He does have something to lose, though, because if the board decides that he can come back on, well, what is he going to do? Is he going to form his own social network? Does he continue to fight it? Again, it's it comes down to with him with with this to whether if the board does say, you know what, in what we're deciding at this point, we feel that he is no longer a harm in a sense to inciting violence or inciting uprising. So he should be back on. There's always that chance, though, that Facebook says, look, we know what happened on January 6th. We've seen what's happened over time with misinformation and quote unquote, fake news from his end. Do we let him back on? I, I, and I'm not sure that that's something that they're going to, that they can say, no, they shouldn't, because how is what Trump's saying different than what someone's grandmother reposted that they heard someone else say? So, I mean, it's a tricky, it's a very, very tricky path for Facebook here, isn't it? So they've created this oversight board, which you know describes itself as basically an independent body but I've also seen it described in the media as quasi-independent. I've also seen it described as Facebook Supreme Court. So it's, correct me if I'm wrong here now, and we should explain, you're not a member of the Oversight Board. You're an expert commenting on this. So the Oversight Board at the moment, I think it's about 20 members. You've got human rights activists, lawyers, some journalists, civil figures. I think one of the, the members in there is Pella Thorning-Schmidt, the former Danish prime minister. So it's this wide body of people, a lot of academics, loads of academics in there, who are experts in social media's impact in the world, right, on politics, on society generally. And they make these calls on if there's a highly important or contentious decision around content, it, it can be referred to them as Trump has been referred, and they will make a decision. And I think in specifically in the case with Trump, if I'm right, that it's a five-member panel from within the oversight board is going to make, make a decision, which will then be referred to, to the broader board. And then I think a majority of the members there have to, have to sign off on that for the decision to be issued. Now, what's important, I think, is that the decision is going to be binding on Facebook, isn't it, whichever way it is. So I think they have seven days to implement this decision. So there's a possibility we could see him back. No, so if what type of things do you think the oversight board is talking about at the moment? What type of things do you think they're weighing up? Well, I think one of the things, obviously, is in the past, they've looked at decisions to remove content, meaning that basically they'll look at content and say, oh, you know what? We end up restoring it. This isn't a big, you know, this isn't something that we can keep off. However, the board overall isn't allowed to review instances where Facebook has allowed potentially harmful material or information to remain. So they have to decide whether they feel that the president's content or what he is going to do with Facebook will be used for incitement, hate speech, myths or disinformation, however you want to qualify it. If that's the case, they could continue to say, no, we're not allowing president, the former president back on the platform. If they feel that this is just a content thing where, okay, you know what, he's going to post some things that are obviously not exactly true, or he'll continue, then they could say, you know what, this is no different than any other profile. The problem is, is that as a public figure, 
as someone who was the president of the United States, there is a level of messaging and content that you expect from people that have that sort of leadership or have been elected as leaders. Are all elected leaders or all people that we view as leaders or people that are verified or celebrity or do they always tell the truth? No, they don't. But let's be honest. We're all we all see things from presidents to celebrities to even athletes and sometimes say things that aren't necessarily true. Does that mean they should be banned from a network? No. So I think that's one of the things that Facebook, you know, their their board, their advisory board is sort of looking at and saying, what are the risks? What should we really be doing? Should we look at this as someone who we have that sort of long laundry list of things that he's done or his campaign and his people have done over time? Do we keep do we keep him off or do we let him back and know that we have to just deal with it? Do you think that I'm looking at it from Facebook's perspective here? So, you know, so they've got a problem, you know, they've got a problem with content there are content issues you know that are always going to be contentious things whether it's covid misinformation or political issues whatever there will always be content which kind of diplomatically walks the line for facebook or it's just indeed plain wrong so they've got to find a way to kind of keep their platform as clean as possible with all those users out there and i can understand their decision to set up an oversight board because in a way, they're kind of they're, they're outsourcing the decision, you know, and they, you know, the, the board that's described as being independent. Okay. Now, for Facebook, it's much preferable to having their oversight board making that call than it is government regulators. So I can kind I can see the rationale from Facebook's perspective on why they have this system set up. But it's also, all right, let's say it's independence. It's still within the broader Facebook universe, isn't it? You know, it's still part of a Facebook ecosystem, this board. So do you think that, you know, people are looking at its decisions and saying, well, should we really kind of take that seriously? You know, are you, who's whose best interest does this board act in it? Well, I think the one thing that I look at when I see this, this board is that they do in this situation, they have a very, they have a, they're going to be criticized either way. They're going to be criticized. And let's think of it politically. If he's allowed back on the left side of, of the political aisle in the, in the United States, is going to say, oh, you're, you know, Facebook's, they're weak and they're not, they're not holding up the will of the people who don't want to be fed you know, fake misinformation. You'll also have the conservative or the, right, the ultra-right side of things that will say, if he's kept up, this is censorship, it's against the First Amendment, it's, you can't win. And, and that's the thing. And so regardless of the way it goes, there's going to be a... I would say a minor tremor in a lot of ways, because the president, he is no longer president. Yes, he has a big voice. He can make a difference for the Republican Party. But I think the right now, the Republican Party, and I'm thinking this from a political side of things here, they're looking at it as we know Trump can make a difference in make, earning money for the Republican Party. The problem is now, does the overall Republican Party want to still be known as the president, the party of Trump, or do they want to be known as the party that's no longer Trump? That's a sort of a microcosm of what the Facebook decision from this board could bring. Do I think it's something where this board will end up, you know, is sort of putting down the gavel and saying that's it? No, because hypothetically, there's so many other avenues that the former president can use 
his, you know, he has people that can basically speak the message for him. Yes, Twitter went after certain people on that side of things that said, okay, well, you tried, this was the president trying to speak. We're going to pull that account down. That with Facebook, he can use, I don't mean use, he can utilize other people and other, you know, networks on Facebook to get the message out. It's just not as powerful when you don't have that bombast and that that vision of his furry brow and looking at at people like he's trying to, you know, and and the way he speaks. It's not the same. So I think when it comes down to it, if if Facebook is going to make this decision, either side is the left's either going to be very happy and the right's not going to be happy at all, or vice versa. And and that is a big deal. And we were supposed to have had this decision already. I mean, this all kind of it was referred to the board by Facebook in January, and typically they make a decision within 90 days, but they recently said, we need more time. This is going to be, be made in the coming weeks. And everyone's going, I'll be watching this very closely. We'll all be watching it very closely to see, to see what happens. Let's say, and this is the other thing, I've looked at a lot of the board's decisions. Quite often they go against Facebook, don't they? You know, there's every possibility they'll be like, listen, Trump's coming back. Trump's getting back on this platform. That is, you know, that is a distinct possibility. Let's say that they they make that call. They bring Trump, they they left Trump back onto Facebook and Instagram. What do you think the impact of that is going to be on Facebook itself? This decision's well, binding. I, yeah. I mean, if he's back on Facebook, it's from uh, if I'm looking at it from a user perspective. Does it really affect me as as Joe or Josephine or however you identify user? Not really. I, I think people go on Facebook to either, in many ways, either to see what their family is doing, share photos. They're part of a group. They're doing shopping on there now. At you know things along those lines. The people that are going to be affected positively are those that are the ultra Trump supporters that feel that the election was stolen. That. It wasn't, you know, this uprising that happened on January the 6th wasn't an uprising. It was people that were angry. Okay. Those are the people that are going to be affected by saying, yes, he's back. I can follow him. If he is allowed back on and you have it from the left side of the aisle or that side of the political aisle, there are going to be people that will have a little more to be concerned about in some ways. And when I think about it from there, I feel like it. I think it could make an impact on how the Democrats then decide to angle their messaging. They're, you know, you'll have midterm elections before we know it. I, you know, we're we're looking at that. I will say though, overall, if Facebook decides to let Donald Trump back on, looking at it from an overall context, right now the country is moving forward. Yes, there were issues with the vaccine. Yes, there were issues with, it, but overall. The president at this period of time is successful. There, we have a successful administration. There are things that can be, there's always going to be little things as part of a presidential administration that are wrong. But with this, with Facebook, as far as how it goes with Donald Trump, if he's ruled to be allowed back on, I think the implications in the United States are more extreme. Like I had mentioned earlier, like the extreme right is going to be thrilled. The left side of the aisle is not going to be very happy. Facebook has to live with that decision though. that this board has to say that, okay, we don't feel like it is going to be this disruptive force that it was in the past four years. That said, you know, it's a problem. It's not a problem until potentially it is. 
and then another comment is made, etc. So again, so that but that 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 is the you know that's basically the risk that all content poses on Facebook. And that's the thing, social media in general, it's not, it, we don't have the filter that television has. We don't have the filter that radio has. Obviously, this is the we're in the digital era where things that are posted on social networks they, it gets traction. We see it all that we saw saw it pre-Trump. We see it after Trump. And and that's the that's the main thing when it comes down to it with social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anything you think about. There are going to be people that are going to share something that is totally wrong. It's negative. It's fake. It's not real. It, it's up to you, me, our, the consumers of social media to understand whether we listen to what's being said or we don't listen to it and we move forward and realize that it's fake. The problem is is there are a number of people who don't have that filter or that understanding that what's being cranked out by a particular outlet or person may not necessarily be true, you know, in the sense of, look, the media is the enemy. Well, they're not the enemy. They're there to provide a service. They're there to give you the news. Yes, there's left and right leaning media, but there's also media that there is to give you the information that's happening. If someone doesn't understand that or they really truly believe that the media is the enemy, that's on that person and nothing's going to change their mind. So I'm really intrigued by this because it's, you know, as you say, Facebook kind of can't win either way. Would you agree that there's, there's a reputational risk for them, whichever decision is made by the oversight board? You know, it's that they're going to, as you say, they're going to annoy someone. And I'm wondering whether from a business perspective, what that risk presents, let's say they, Trump is allowed back onto the platform and there'll be outrage from set sections of society and probably um, celebration from others. So, but what does that mean for Facebook's business? I mean, do you think there'll be a scenario in which some advertisers will be like, you know what, we're done? You know, does it in any way make Facebook a less safe platform for advertisers or or is the facebook world just too big now that it's it's kind of a drop in the ocean that's that's what i'm wondering yeah i and i think if you look at what happened with facebook around cambridge analytica everyone was said cancel facebook delete facebook and sure they had people leave but you know what there were also people downloading the app during this time that time as well the same thing it goes right now facebook is going to have its its ebbs and flows with usership with people that find it to be valuable. And the same thing goes for advertisers as well. They're going to see that, hey, you know what? I'm going to advertise on Facebook because that's where my audience is. If they have a really big issue with Facebook, they'll find other places to advertise. They'll find other places to do business and know they can still reach their audience. If Trump is allowed back on, will Facebook see this groundswell of people leaving and advertise? Probably not. And and if it does, it would real. I would... I would be surprised, honestly, because I, we've seen Facebook be criticized time and time again. And it's not that they're Teflon, but they find ways to impact in, you know, in other ways in, in what they can do with their, with their product. And people are still signing up each day to, to be a part of it. So do I think it'll hit them in some way if Trump, they're allowing Trump back? Absolutely. But to be honest with you, it's not going to be enough where Facebook's wondering, oh, my gosh, we made the wrong decision and now our business is suffering and it's going to need to be bought by someone else. Yeah, I mean, and, and their ad model, I mean, realistically, it's 
it's stronger than this. I mean, would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. And and think about it this way, too. It, it not only is it strong, even with all the criticism they have faced and, you know, Mark Zuckerberg has faced on, and along with the other other digital platforms and social platforms that they received in front of Congress, they're trucking on. And it, its model is set up so that way, not only does Facebook win and it, you, these advertising dollars come in, they're not they're worried about the PR perspective of it. But they also know that in about 24, 48 hours, 72 hours, it'll be out of the cycle and Trump will be the message. Now, people will be annoyed, but at the end of the day, Facebook is still going to make their money. And it's their decision now. It's the board decision whether, hey, you know what, let's let them back on or we're not. Either way, I think Facebook is going to be just fine. Do you think, I mean, other political figures must be watching this quite closely. You know, I mean, you've got... Obviously, there are other populists in the world like Bolsonaro in Brazil. But, you know, but the, we're experiencing change. You know, do, do, as you say, you know, we have a new president. Um, you know, there's going to be changes in Europe. I think other politicians must be watching this very closely. And they're saying, OK, so this this could be a precedent that's set here. You know, how am I going to handle my broader social media message? Kind of how much can I do? Mm. And, I, and I, that's the part of it where when you look at it from the political side of things around the globe, what does a Trump post-Trump presidency on on social, especially Facebook, look like? There are going to be plenty of leaders around the world that look at to say, okay, well, if Trump was able to, you know, weather this storm and now is back on social media, now it's a matter to see how a Trump on Facebook post-presidency would look. Is it going to be the same president Trump that we saw in doing these videos and putting his words out there and will it garner news coverage around the world or will it be something just like he's a former president and he obviously is a divisive figure for for many either negatively from wherever if you don't support him but then also within he's a polarizing figure within his party I think it's something that around globally people are watching because it's Donald Trump if this were anyone else, it wouldn't matter. But because it's Trump and because he has so many dealings with people around the world, even before he was president, this is something now because he was president that will bring, I think you, you'll see world leaders try to adopt. They've already tried to adopt things that he, how he's done things. I think you'll find them trying to do a little bit like what he's done, whatever happens next. Now, obviously, it all depends. If he's not back on, then it sort of hammers home that, look, you can't get away with everything on social media. Even the president of the United States has to be held to standards. And if that's the case, then other politicians will either try to get around those rules or they'll say, all right, we have to find other ways to make sure our message gets out. But yeah, it's just like during his presidency, people are going to are going, especially political figures and political parties around the world are looking at this to see how it can affect what they do in the future. And you, you said earlier, I just want to clarify, you think that they'll probably let him back on. Is that right? Well, I, I think to, from my perspective, I think they will because he's no longer in office. And unless you know, unless he does something that really is so outlandish, even for him, I don't see why they would keep him off. I mean, Twitter's another story. Yeah, I was going to get that. Yeah. yeah. Facebook, I can see letting him back on. And again, I'm not trying to play, you know, both sides of the coin here, but 
I could also see a, a world where they say, you know what, we don't need the we don't need the headache. We're dealing with things as it is. Forget it. We're going to keep him off and let him try to do his own social network and see what happens there. And it's interesting you say. So let's say he gets back on. Then does it create this precedent? Does it create pressure for Twitter to then reconsider that decision? Personally, I don't know whether we'll ever see him back on Twitter. I think there was an immediacy about how that platform, how he used that platform. Mm -hmm. It was like a series of punches quite often coming straight out from his Twitter account, which he really knew how to work his base using Twitter. And I just, the comments that we've seen come out from Twitter about is, you know, is, 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 is you know, getting rid of him from, from that platform make me think we may never see him on there again. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And unless Twitter feels that if Facebook does allow Trump back on, Twitter may feel, all right, you know what? Well, now we feel like we're the outlier or Google may feel like, okay, well, we can't send, you know, we can't really do anything about, well, they can. And I, you know, Twitter has been the one that has been, even though they've been criticized and they've all been criticized for the move of, of keeping Trump out of social media, especially those platforms. Twitter has been the one that's pretty much, you know, dug their feet in and said, you know what? We're not letting this on. We've made mistakes in the past. We're going to make sure that this doesn't happen again. It's, this isn't a First Amendment issue. It's more of we're trying to provide a service that has the content already can be scrutinized, whether you're the president or whether you're Joe Public. And I think that's where Twitter sort of says, you know what, we're not going to follow Facebook's lead if they let them back on. Facebook will make it for themselves. And then the others can go ahead and decide, okay, you know what, we're going to, we'll either keep them off or not. But you're right about Twitter's immediacy and that sort of rapid fire style. It was perfect for him for that network because he was able to get things out quickly and have them retweeted or liked or shared. And he knew that. And he had a great strategy for that. Now, with Twitter understanding this and knowing how he did it, it's very easy for them to say, you know what, we don't need this. There's enough on our platform that we're worried about day in and day out that having Trump on there will only add to it, not because they don't like him or because they think that they need to, that it's, a, again, that he doesn't deserve freedom of speech, which he does. It's more of a, you're always trying to prevent something from happening. Any, you know, when you get in your car, you click the seatbelt, you make sure the drive, you know, your gas, your, the gas is in the car. Most of us are not going to get in the car and drive at 95 miles an hour without a seatbelt, you know? So Twitter looks at it that way saying, are we going to go to the wall with this and let him back on and realize, well, we should have just kept him off in the first place. That's the bigger question. That's where I think Twitter keeps him off. Facebook could be more, it could go either way, which I think would go more to bringing him back on. And I think you, you mentioned it yourself earlier, like he's talking a lot about his own social network, which he feels would basically bypass the restrictions that he, he feels he's encountered in, you know, mainstream social media, you know, which we're talking about today. There's maybe a part of me wonders whether he's also like, you know, if he gets back on Facebook, he will use that, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that, that is to be expected. But I am really intrigued by what, he, you know, is thinking about in terms of his own social network, what that would look like, how it would work. 
You know, we think we we know what, what the reach would be. You know, we know who we would be looking to target. I'm just fascinated on how that would function. I mean, it's because I wonder, you know, I, I sort of think about like his post-presidency now, you know, he sat in Mar-a-Lago saying he, does he reach for his phone and he's he's looking to tweet because it's all it's all muscle memory for him and yeah. what that must feel like to not have that. It was obviously a big, it was a big part of his presidency. It was a big part of him. I wonder what it is like for him now that he doesn't have that. And, you know, how, I mean, I find it difficult when I don't have access to Twitter for a day. So I can't imagine what it's like for Donald Trump. So I'm I'm wondering what we're going to get. I mean, it's probably going to have some degree of that immediacy about it. It's got to be something that gets out there the punchiness, but also he'll probably be looking for the scope of something like Facebook. You know, it's, you know, this, this phenomenon, which has just kind of gone around the world. So it's, it's very interesting to me to see which aspects of these platforms he's being kicked off. He will build into his own network. It's, you know, what I find with, if the statements are true about him wanting to you know, he's spoken, you know, his team has spoken to people, people that are in tech, he's got ideas, they have, it. it's not going to happen overnight. And they're not going to just, you know, all of a sudden pop on and there's a network because yes, even though, you know, he would probably like that to happen, it's going to be something that takes a little bit of time. Will it take two years? No, it'll take a little, you know, shorter than that. But the important thing to realize is that He's going to want, he's going to end up speaking to people that want to hear from him. And yes, that's very key. But he's not going to have the audience that he had on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, YouTube, et cetera, because he grew that audience from when he was doing The Apprentice. And he had all of those things building up from his properties and things that, you know, his brand, things like that. And now, when it moved into him being the president, yes, it was a different Twitter account and different Facebook, but he had a network of people that were following him even before he was president. Now, we're talking about post-President Trump. I can tell you right now, people on the side of the aisle that couldn't stand him, there may be people just wanting to see what the what the next car wreck looks like in a sense, but they're also not going to, they're not going to be the ones that sign up for this network, whether it's pay or not. To just hear the same thing, just to, you know, you're going to get the people agreeing with what the president puts out or what people that are also think like him put out. So I think that's one thing to keep in mind as well. His network is going to be a lot of the same. If people think Twitter is a vacuum, that Trump social media, if, when, if and when it happens, will be even more of a vacuum. And it's a more narrow vacuum. So I really do believe that while his team may feel that they can do this or they should do it, it will be an echo chamber. They will hear the same things from their same people over and over again. There's no moving an agenda forward except to say, we have to beat the Democrats. Well, that's great. Republicans have said that for years, even before Trump. Well, it's interesting you say that because I feel that like so much of his social media presence. I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, we have to meet, meet the Democrats, that type of message. But it was also comments on social issues as well. Um, you know, and he was very keen to weigh in on stuff, whether it was Colin Kaepernick, kind of all aspects of American society were, were subject to his thoughts on social media. I think we're going to see a lot of that in whatever this 
this network should it arise when it comes out. There's a part of me that thinks that, you know, now we've been talking about Facebook in its way, if he gets allowed back onto the platform, it's kind of his entree back into this world, isn't it? Is it going to be his launch pad from which he goes on to the next thing in social? Okay, Twitter may be done for him, but there'll be parts of his base will seek him out again on Facebook. And that will again be a platform. And then that platform could then be brought to somewhere else. So I could see how, you know, this Facebook decision could end up being something of a launch pad for the next thing. There's also a part of me wonders as well, whether he is, he sat there and he's thinking, you know, do I even, do I even need Facebook? Am I bigger than that now? And is Facebook also wondering, well, you know, whichever way, whichever way this decision goes, we're also bigger than this. You know, which is, as you see, you used the example of Cambridge Analytica earlier, which, you know, at the time that felt absolutely cataclysmic. But there was also a sense that, well, I could just see Facebook weathering this storm, which basically they've done, you know, and all the incredible fallout, both here and in, you know, across the world, in the UK and Europe, that firestorm of criticism that they faced. And yet here we are, you know, we're still here. It's, it's going strong and, you know, and it's, you know, yes, you're right. Some people walked away from the platform, but you can't really say only anything other than Facebook has gone from strength to strength, which makes me wonder what would it take, you know, to slow Facebook down in its tracks? You know, what, what, what type of thing would it take to, you know, to, to basically derail Facebook at this point? Is there anything? I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of something. I mean, it would really have to be a serious ethical, moral, business thing that happened where, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, something happened with him. There were segments of the company that were selling data left and right, things along those, or they found that, you know, the the prices they used for buying ads were, they weren't, you know, it was things along that would be really nefarious. That would be really something that would blow up a normal company. That would have to happen. I mean, again, like you said, we talked about Cambridge Analytica, and yeah, that was a big deal, very big deal. But it's weathered that storm. They've weathered a lot of storms, especially within, you know, with hate speech. And obviously, when Facebook Live was around, we saw we saw people unfortunately committing suicide. Yeah. And yeah. and you had, you know, back a few years ago, you had the the shooter that broadcast when he was shooting. He ended up shooting and killing the two journalists down in Roanoke, Virginia. I mean, all of those things that have happened with Facebook have been, you know, unfortunate events, but they've weathered that storm. And I think in many ways, even if Trump doesn't come back to Facebook, Facebook's going to be fine. People are still using it to the, you know, and frankly, even though they have other outlets like WhatsApp and Instagram and, and they still have ways of of making their money advertising wise and being part of the conversation. You also mentioned about with Trump when there when it came to how he feels and whether this would be a sort of if he is not allowed back on Facebook, would this be a boost to a new potential social network for him? And yeah, I think it could initially, but it also I also come back to the point of what he has said in his statement since. Have, have sounded exactly like what he did before. To me, will he stay off of social media? Right now, his statements, really, he, he issues a statement through whatever it's sent out. 
it doesn't have the same pop. There's not that immediacy. Will a Trump-run or Trump-centered social media network be something where he has that voice again? In some ways, yes, but in other ways, he's not going to have the audience that he had. He's not going to have that broad, all audience. People can decide, the media can decide whether, you know what, who cares what he says? Or, yep, former President Trump said this on his social network. It's a 15, 20, maybe 30-second story on traditional news, but even in the even in the cable news world, it's not necessarily going to be something that's spent unless it's a net, you know, unless it's the right side of the aisle. It feels like we're going to use this as, you know, we're going to talk about this, talk about it's not going to be something that really drives the conversation. It'll be something that goes very quickly. So I think he's cognizant of that. And from the Facebook side of things, they're also cognizant of what they need to do. They know that they have survived a number of things over the years that have that could have cost them dearly. Uh, there have also been a number of social networks that have been called the Facebook killer, and they've Facebook has continued to rise up. So I find it very, I would find it very strange if this would be the thing that and ultimately said, that's it, we're leaving, we're out, Facebook's dead. I don't see that coming to pass with with a decision like this. It's really incredible, isn't it? Just listening to your talk, I'm almost sort of, getting this sense about what Trump was like, what the Trump presidency was like in terms of social media as being, I mean, you're a professor of communications. Like, do you think that people are going to be studying those four years and what it did into the digital aspects of society? Are people going to be studying that for, you know, 10, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, students are going to be like, well, there was this time when the president was on Twitter and he used it basically to, 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 to drive his agenda forward. And he completely recreated how things were done. And, and that's why everything's changed. You know, do you think people are going to be looking at it but like this was a real sort of period in time? Oh, absolutely. And they already have really, I think, you know, post 2016, you know, in the year or two after that, uh, there were already studies in how, you know, how social media was used so effectively for his campaign. They, they knew that, his audience or the audience that he would be speaking to to help elect him felt like their voice wasn't heard in many ways. They He was speaking for people who felt marginalized in some way, or they people just didn't think, how can we elect Trump? There's no way. Where people on social media were talking about it and showing their support. They didn't realize the the power of his his tweets, his posts, his words on social media, because yes, he may have echoed that in some ways in an interview on camera, what he did on Twitter was something totally different. He was speaking right to his the people that voted for him and the people he wanted to vote for him. And I think in that sense, it's it, we we still see studies about it. As a matter of fact, there was a um, there was a student in our graduate program that that looked at his how he used Twitter in his in the run-up to his election and then the the year after, and you could see just how the tweets and the posts were clearly done to speak to the audience, which was supportive of him, which is what you would normally do in some ways. If you have an audience, you want to speak to them, you want to make sure they know, but you also want to talk to those who could potentially be on your side, whether, and that's just from a brand and organization standpoint. When you're the president of the United States, you're trying to get people to understand this is the way we want you to feel, or we want you to understand it in a normal presidency. With the Trump presidency, it was a matter of that 
we're showing you that everything is great, but these people don't want us to be great, or they don't agree with us. The, the you know, the wacky left, and this person was called by name. That it, people got used to that because they knew that's how Trump operated, and it showed strategically how he could turn a message into a tactic of sort of like a, a an arrow in the quiver. Here's another one where we can shoot and see how far it how far it goes and how and whether we hit the bullseye or hit around it. And it worked effectively until we had everything that happened in, during the pandemic. And I think that's when things started to turn. People were stuck in their homes. There were people dying. And even though you know, millions voted for President Trump on Election Day, the what he eventually his I think his social media rhetoric and the non-movement sort of got old with people even though he did have strong, in a way, strong support of the ballot box. I just think from a perspective of thinking of it from social media, when we look at it, yes, it will be studied for years to come. We're already looking at it. I talk about it in class how, yes, you may not agree with the president and his messaging and how he did it and the negativity or whatever. But if you think of it from a strategy standpoint, when you can reach your audience and have that much of an excitement, and I would, that's what it was for his supporters, an excitement, a passion, a something to rally behind, any brand, any business, any politician would want that sort of support. Again, not talking about the rhetoric in the messaging and how he did it and talking negatively and, and using, you know, the talking about the coronavirus in sort of, you know, racial terms and, and being bigoted in that way. And I'm talking about this from the perspective of if you look at it as any company, a news organization, et cetera, you want people to be able to follow what you're saying and either retweet, share, and feel passionate about it. And if you can do that, you're going to be making a lot of money, but you also have a lot of followers and people that will want to follow you. That's what it did for Trump. He was very successful with it. I mean, let's be honest, that's why his campaign was successful. The first time around, he activated and organized and excited people in a way that we hadn't seen in some time. And he was able to capitalize on that for four years. Uh, yeah, it's uh, absolutely kind of, you know, when we look back on it, it's, you know, it really was really, really was quite something in terms of its use of social media, which kind of brings me back to the present. And, you know, thank you so much for your time today. And, you know, we will have to see what decision Facebook's oversight board makes. It's going to be very much one of watch this space. So I'll be be very interested to hear your thoughts when they come out with that decision, Jason. I, I'm excited to see what they do, because, I again, I think it does it may not send, a, send an overall precedent for what social networks do moving on. I think it sets the precedent for the time being to see, okay, now that we've moved past this, what do we need to do and to improve on moving forward with social networks that we can make them more inclusive, but also allow people to, to say what they need to say and not feel restricted. So one thing we know for sure is that Trump and Facebook will still be a story, even though he's not the president. So we'll still be talking about it as we are today. Very true. But Jason, listen, thank you so much for your time and your insights today. It's been really great talking to you. Uh, same here, James. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Great stuff. And, and I'm James Rogers, and this is the Big Tech Ticket Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Big Tech Ticket. As always, you'll find a new episode of the show each week. 
Make sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Leave us a review and rating on Apple if you can, and share this with a friend. We'd really appreciate your support. Any feedback? Contact me at James J. Rogers on Twitter or email us at mail at shortmanstudios.com with any comments, suggestions, or anything else. The theme music for this show is by Broke for Free from the Free Music Archive. This is a Shortman Studios production. Thanks for listening and see you next week.